Well, maybe it's recording. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I didn't get a notice. Maybe Zoom or Skype doesn't. Oh, yeah, Justin is recording the call. Yeah, it says, let everyone know they're being recorded. Stan, you, <laughs> sir, are being recorded. Um, so, listen. Yeah. Your latest dispatch is about this uh, inflation reduction bill. That's the uh, detail. And then the, I guess the big picture is about pessimism and optimism. So I have, I have things to say about both of those. All right. As far as the inflation reduction bill, I just, uh, I just sent you the funniest tweet that I saw on the topic by someone named Robert Raymond. Uh, I don't know much about him. I gather he's some kind of podcaster too. And here's what he says. He says, listen, is the Inflation Reduction Act perfect? No. But does it contain some important climate solutions? It doesn't. However, <laughs> however, is it a good start? A step in the right direction? Also, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of pretty much sums it up. <laughs> so <clears throat> the other thing that I found notable about it is that uh, it so all this, like every bill, I suppose, that the Democrats work on, there's all kinds of negotiation with these uh, wolf in sheep's clothing uh, Democrat Republicans that are apparently part of the Democratic Party. And they negotiate and with themselves. They, they water down the bill to some Republican-friendly thing. And then the Republicans say, ah, oh, this is communist... Uh, left-wing trash anyway, and they all vote. So it got it, this bill it, uh, got a grand total of zero Republican votes anyway. Right, and, and the Senate got zero, and so it was a 50-50 tie, and Vice President Kamala Harris uh, cast the deciding vote. And this, she voted for the Republicans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, I no. mean, for the Democrats, for the Democrats, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah I, for the Democrats, yeah. That's and, great. That is great. She voted for the Democrats. Yeah, wasn't that nice? And then uh, today, the House is going to vote. And once again, there'll be zero Republicans uh, voting for it. And but, for uh, but you know what? It's good to it was good to get it in some kind of shape that the Republicans, you know, could have would have at least read it before they <laughs> discarded it, wasn't it? It was worth it. I think it was yeah. worth it. Uh, so tell me, what does it have in it? What is it? It contains the, you're, you were talking about how it contains the Chuck Schumer and Joe Manchin compromise measures. Chuck Schumer, I guess, is the left wing of this. Uh, I Forgive me, I don't understand exactly how your system works, but I uh, gather <laughs> something like this. Yeah, he's the Senate majority leader for the Democrats. So he's okay. the, he's very establishment guy also, but he's actually a, a Democrat. Okay. Um, well, the um, this bill it, it in, includes uh, not only climate but also some um, health health care prescription drug uh, provisions uh, to um, cut the cost of prescription drugs for senior citizens like me, and then there um, are a bunch of. Uh, tax uh, provisions to pay for it, which is that's the best part of the bill is they're raising corporate taxes and closing tax loopholes and um, 
it's not as strong as it could have been because our other Republic, Republican in sheep's clothing, Kirsten Cinema, didn't want venture capitalists to have to pay any, um, or hedge fund managers or some, some of those guys to pay, uh, um, uh, pay taxes. And so to have where, to pay Where that. is she from? She's from New York, California, what? Arizona. Arizona? Is there a no. lot of venture capital in Arizona? <laughs> She's supported by, I guess it's a private equity or something. Oh, okay, okay. She gets a lot of money from them. Um, but the climate part, um, out of 300, approximately 300 billion uh, to sp be spent over a number of years, I count 275 billion of that as being for uh, hardware, for, you know, building um, or, or subsidizing um, uh, solar solar generation, wind power, uh, but then also uh, electric cars, the devil itself, um, and, and you know a bunch of um, charging stations for the, the electric cars. Um, and then the, the very small part is for um, some environmental justice and um, you know, insulating houses and you know just uh, trivial stuff uh, like that. And notably, what it doesn't do is have any um, any provisions for actually reducing the use of fossil fuels. It's all going to happen happen through the market over coming decade as they um, build more. Uh, solar and wind capacity, yeah, that's simply not going to work. Uh, but it's even worse than that because it has, it encourages uh, oil and gas drilling uh, by, there, there's a weird provision in which um, the uh, government can't um, lease federal lands for development of solar and wind farms until those lands have before that been made available for lease to uh, oil and gas companies. Okay. But wait, there's more. Okay. There's going to be supposedly, I hope, I hope they hoodwinked Manchin on this, but they told him that if he votes for this, then they will uh, have a, another bill that will um, uh, speed the environmental permitting proce uh, process for energy projects. And uh, featured in that is this uh, gas pipeline in from running from Manchin's state of West Virginia into Virginia, a 300-mile pipeline that will um, you know, Send more enough. I forgot. Yeah, enough fossil gas to produce. I don't know. Ninety million tons of CO2 when it's burned every year. So, uh, but mention that, that was bottom line. He had had to have that and and some other pro fossil fuel stuff. So um, that. Um, quote you read out is, is uh, pretty accurate. <laughs> My view of it was it, it was being called 
the, the most far-reaching, most important climate bill um, ever passed by Congress, which says a lot more about what a failure Congress has been in the past <laughs> in climate than it does about anything this bill is going to do. Oh, um, um, you still have a section called, we don't have to accept this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm just paraphrasing my uh, interviewees. This is the first, I've been planning this series all along to uh, interview people in the climate movement, academics, etc. Um, and I had a, other things to get out of the way first. So this is the first one where I um, got the views of some other people who, some of whom know more than I do about this stuff. Um, so you've got uh, uh, Aviva Chomsky who kind of makes a parallel to Latin American movements. Yeah. And how she says Latin Americans have done all these things. Why, when they're in such more difficult circumstances, they're able to do have a stronger yeah. seeming movement. Yeah. And and really the point is it's probably because they're in much more dire straits and in so much more mm -hmm. you know, even physical danger that uh, <laughs> that sharpens sharpens the mind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but All also right. i guess it's that bribery like howard zinn talks about it i guess lennon talked about it the whole right. idea that you have uh, privileged you have a, a bigger privileged group in the west canada the u.s europe and and uh so it's always easier for them to identify with a system that they benefit from more of them more of us um, so, uh, now let, should we talk about optimism and pessimism? Because it's, you had this whole thing where you were talking about how the trouble is there's too deadly optimism. You're quoting someone named Heinberg. Yeah. Richard Heinberg. Richard he's, Heinberg. Okay. He's Tell been, uh, writing for uh, a long time, um, about the, uh, the limits of um, industrial civilization, how um, uh, either um, we're going to uh, burn too much of too much fossil fuel and uh, make ourselves extinct, or uh, we'll manage to do it somehow and, and sequester the carbon and then we'll run out of fossil fuels that e either way we um, we're on a kind of a a dead end as long as we're depending on uh, fossil fuels. But his most recent book, Power, is is pretty good. Um, it's uh, he deals with um, literal um, power that's you know, generated by uh, fuels and uh, so forth. Um, but then also um, power in in society and, and so forth and how. How in, they're, they're so uh, strongly related. Reminds um, me of Vaclav Smil's multi-level discussion of energy. And it's interesting yeah. that energy energy seems like less of a 
you know, nobody exercises energy over other people. (laughs) But they exercise power over other people. Yeah, and power is, I mean, that's important because power in physics, of course, is the amount of energy over time or the amount of work done uh, per unit of of time. And and that's what Heinberg, in a way, is saying. We're just doing everything too rapidly and we're, we're just simply doing too much per unit of time. Um, and then you have one other person, Liz Karosik with Extinction Rebellion. Yes, and I um, met her um, in in D.C. and um, you know last month we talked about oh uh, yeah the trip to D.C. for People's Campaign and so forth, and there were uh, groups, you know, all kinds of uh, groups there, and. Um, and, and, but you know, I didn't see many uh, people from the climate movement there, but um, Liz is one who was there, and she um, was uh, very, really um, uh, a, a good example of um, how an extinction rebellion has gotten kind of in, into the forefront of the climate movement. Um, so, okay, so before we talk a bit about optimism and pessimism, I noticed that she talks about nonviolent civil disobedience and nonviolent civil disobedience as a mechanism to get the government to pay attention and make changes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been reading a lot about nonviolence. Yes. Yes, I actually I'm spent, sure uh, since, since we, um, since we last talked, I moved on from the uh, from discovering <laughs> the Im- the incredible importance of guns to the U.S. South uh, civil rights movement uh, to now, um, you know, the Deacons. I, I read a, I've been reading in a book by Lance Hill called The Deacons for Defense. You ever hear of the Deacons for Defense? This was an oh. armed organization in, I believe, Louisiana uh, and hundreds of black men, uh, disciplined, kind of a lot of U.S. Army vets uh, from World War II. Uh, Uniformity of weaponry, like (laughs) long guns and stuff. One of my favorite stories is there there was a swimming pool and the kids were going to to try to desegregate the swimming pool. The police came. The police called the firefighters, and apparently it was a less than warm. It was kind of on the cold side, weather-wise. The firefighters came with the hoses, and the deacons came with their rifles. And the deacons said, if you turn these hoses on these children, there's going to be some blood here today. And the firefighters went home. So... uh, (laughs) so they they i would say they facilitated that non-violent demonstration (laughs) rather efficiently so um you know i i guess what i i guess but what i wanted to kind of chat about was because there's this other article from august 4th uh when did cars become weapons of the right oh um you know it's right up your alley stan i think you'll like it it was in the nation oh wait oh it was by you never mind yeah yeah yeah. 
<laughs> so this book you talk about, I, I just, again, I have the same reaction, uh, you know, each time we talk about this, which is like, these people would not, they're getting into this more and more elaborate, like, display of weaponry because they have absolutely no consequence to doing so. So I almost yeah. feel like the, uh, hear me out. I almost feel like the nonviolent, like being able to take it for granted that the demo where you're going to run people over is going to be nonviolent is possibly giving these people ideas. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that unfair? Yeah. yeah they clearly, you would think, um, you know, that they would, uh, fear the uh, legal consequences for themselves of doing it, but now you've got states that are saying, yeah. uh, you know, you have laws saying can do it. Um, yeah. And um, and that and even um, in that Boston Globe um, uh, survey of, of finding 139 cases of uh, this people driving vehicles into protests. Yeah. Um, you know, great majority of those were not in those states where it's legal, and still there yeah. were very few people prosecuted for it. But I do think that, you know, that is one of the cowardice, like, it is a, it is a coward's kind of crime, right? So <laughs> yeah. if, if you're, I know, cowards <laughs> are deterred by <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> violence, I think. Um, okay, uh, we don't have to, we don't have to get too, too deep in on that one. I just, uh, you know, whenever this comes up, I, I feel yeah. the need to make that kind of pitch. Uh, but there was another thing I sent you yesterday. Did you see that where they, they did a little experiment where they had one of these SUVs and they put a line of children in front to see how many children they could put in front of the car before yeah. the driver could see it. And it was something yeah. like six or seven children, single file. And then the driver saw one of them, you know, the, the yeah. last one. So safety isn't really, safety culture and safety standards are also being sacrificed to make these kinds of uh, muscular <laughs> statements uh, to yeah. the nonviolent protesters. To show these nonviolent protesters what's what. Yeah. Uh, we're willing to sacrifice the safety of our children as well, I suppose. Huh. There's a very a strong correlation between the um, increase in the number of these uh, um, vehicles with very high uh, front ends and rear ends and yeah. the number of um, pedestrian fatalities. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, there was an article. Is that was that was that cited by you or was that in the? Uh... Just about how like pedestrian deaths have actually been going down until very recently. They've been just going down for decades and decades, yeah. and it's just finally re reversed. And now they're starting to go up again because of these types of cars. Yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, okay. So maybe your point about pessimism is right. Here's here's my here's my. You can react to this here. Because you, you had this thing, and, and I, I kind of felt like the point you were making made sense to me. I would just switch the words optimism and pessimism. The, the reason I say this is, you know, I, I feel, my feeling that these days is, 
if you're not if you're not like super pro whatever war the US is doing if you're not going to be in favor of every aggressive thing that the US does in the world and all their bases and all their you know oil and bombs and everything then the next best thing is to believe that there's nothing that can be done about it and we're all doomed anyway so like that kind of maybe it's not pessimism maybe it's cynicism or or something but it's sort of like doomer you know the kids call it doomerism yeah and i kind of feel like that doomerism is really you know if i was an imperialist and i couldn't get people to be pro-imperialist getting them to be doomers would be the next best thing so you know when i see like uh, advocacy of pessimism i sort of think i I need to understand why this is different from doomerism and why you know heinberg says we've now had 70 years of extreme optimism i don't really think that's i don't think that's quite true especially um especially the past you know, 15, 20 years. I think there's been a lot of, all the pop culture is always zombie apocalypse, apocalypse, all, every kind of apocalypse is on TV nonstop. So I feel like they kind of want you, you to be a doomer. And I think uh, a belief that we can, as a society, accomplish tasks, you know, the, the, technical part of climate change is actually pretty is not that difficult the social forces to be overcome are formidable Um, the political forces to be overcome are formidable so i feel like there's there's a lot of missing optimism in terms of optimism about what we can do as a society what we can do together what it's not too late to do, <laughs> etc. So tell me how you see my uh, optimism, pessimism axes versus Heinberg's. Okay, well, Richard is um, talking about in, in, in his book, Power, in fact, I think all of his books, the optimism he's talking about is a kind of uh, blind faith in uh, technology, technology that will resolve every problem. And have we, have you and I talked about uh, fully automated luxury yeah, gay space yeah. communism on this, uh, in these dispatches yet? Or, yeah, I think the very first <laughs> one maybe we talked about it. And, okay. And even, uh, even uh, leaving, uh, even before that. Uh, became a thing uh, just the um well he he says especially over the past 70 years that um it's just been fully embedded throughout society and there's kind of a, a obliviousness to the um fact that none of this is possible without uh, heavy use of fossil fuels and that the this all this um, technology that we're imagining in the future, um, even um, nuclear power, I think, is not going to be able to uh, reproduce the same world. So the the climate, the um, technical part of 
resolving climate change is not a simple thing at all. It, it's going to require that we have a society that lives on far less energy. And, and so I think his, when he's talking about pessimism. But I mean, like global average, like you in your book, two books ago, <laughs> you talked about how like some, in some cases, a lot of countries actually will, would have more energy than they have now. And, but obviously the biggest pigs like Canada and the U S would have, would use less per capita. Right. And in those countries <clears throat> uh, probably aren't going to actually get that <clears throat> energy because um, they can't afford it. And um, under the Paris Agreement, the U.S. and all the affluent countries are supposed to be contributing $100 billion a year into developing renewable energy in, um, in um, low-income countries. And, and we're not doing it uh, at all because, you know, we've got to have an $800 billion defense budget. So, you know, we can't afford <laughs> to pay a few billion for that. <clears throat> um, but you're right, there's got to be a lot of um, reduction in energy use in countries like the U.S. And then... Hey, what? just to continue to meander without uh, any... Yeah, um, right. Without any clear, clear goal, uh, I suppose that the European, Western Europe will be using a lot less energy because uh, they're not accepting energy from Russia, right? <laughs> is that going to have a climate? Is that going to have a climate footprint? I've I've seen uh, pro-Russia people sort of mocking, <laughs> yeah. mocking the European Greens as like, oh, good job, you're you're firing up the coal plants again just because you don't want gas from Russia. That's uh, yeah. That's how, how's that green policy working out for you? Yeah, they're. <clears throat> They're scrambling, excuse me, scrambling hard to avoid um, living on less energy. And they're, there's, you know, trying to get liquefied natural gas, which can be shipped uh, by ocean and um, using more coal and biomass. And, <clears throat> Just clean, and, clean, good, clean stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure how, um, how much that's, um, uh, uh, how successful i haven't really been following that if they are actually are going to have a, a net reduction in um, energy this year but I, they're already saying um when it gets cold later this fall that germany in particular they're really going to have no choice but to use russian gas and i think russia is even already letting some more gas come through oh the, the games uh, that are going now there's all kinds of mixes of cocktails of gases where they <laughs> they add a little bit from some other country and say, okay, it's not Russian yeah. gas anymore, that kind of thing. Um, so I okay, think, so pessimism. Back to pessimism. Yeah, so yeah, so I think Heinberg, when he says um, pessimism or useful pessimism, he's really talking about simply uh, um, uh, acceptance that we're not going to be able to have the kind of society that uh, that we have now, like the technological 
optimist are saying. So it's really more technological. So it's a techno. If you yeah. so so, I could accept this by appending a techno, by yeah. appending a techno to the words, because yeah. techno optimism and techno pessimism make sense to me. But yeah. You know, but there's also like a like I don't know some kind of social or political optimism. It's almost like optimism of of uh, in humanity, right? Like in because that's yeah. what doom, doomerism is basically like. You know, everything is everything sucks. You know, the U.S. is terrible, but so is everybody else. You know, multipolarity would be just as bad as the U.S. empire ruling over everything, etc. Right? So. Yeah, yeah, and <clears throat> so um, yeah, when you know, I'll give talks, and um, people will you know, be totally depressed in the end, even though it's not a a, a doomer uh, talk. Um, but they they will say, well, yeah, if you have anything hopeful to say, and and I'll say, well, it depends on what you're hoping for. If you're, <laughs> if you're hoping for this continuing to have a this cornucopia of consumer goods and be able to go anywhere you want to go in the world at any time, et cetera, um, then, yeah, I can't give you any hope for that. But if, if you uh, are hoping uh, for you and your family and your community and, and the world to uh, be able to um, have what are called decent living standards and um, hoping for um, uh, less um, strife, hoping for more economic equality and so forth, um, then uh, that's something uh, that um, we can hope for. We may not expect that it'll um, come, but um, but it's at least something there are concrete things you can do to work work <clears throat> for that. Um, at the end of this article, um, I um, asked uh, Aviva Chomsky what um, uh, what message do you have on, on this very same thing? And, and she, you know, like we're saying, you know, you've got to press ahead with on all of this stuff and, and just keep uh, trying. And, and in fact, all three of them, um, Richard and Liz, saying basically the same thing. And, uh, but uh, Aviva said um, that uh, one reason is that um, you, you may think that what you're trying to achieve is impossible, but if you're, if you're not trying for it, then you're making it impossible and um and then at the end she just said um and we've just got to do it if we're going to live with ourselves well yeah that's um i've heard another chomsky say something similar <laughs> uh but there's someone we both know michael albert and uh, yeah. <laughs> who was a student of his who really doesn't like that he says you know we don't we're not doing this so we can live with ourselves <laughs> we're doing this because we're going to change the world so um all right so where where are we going next what's the next dispatch well, okay it's the um uh september school year starting 
a whole new <laughs> semester. <laughs> and um, September is the last month of the federal fiscal year in the United States. Okay. And that means that <clears throat> along with the um, uh, climate bill on the verge of being passed, uh, 300 billion or so for climate. Next month, we will have the National Defense Appropriation Act passed. It has to be passed, and it is now. Otherwise, they have to. If it's not passed, the the, the army has to fold up. I guess. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so okay. we can't have it. It's uh, now up to 800 billion dollars. So okay. I almost threefold it is canceling out any uh, any good that the climate bill might have done because what about elizabeth um warren's plan to green the military Can, <laughs> or is that is that happening at all or yeah yeah they're gonna have f-35 jets running on soil solar and they could just they'll never have to refuel right they'll just fly around forever yeah. just bomb whatever they want yeah. from the air <laughs> yeah and yeah and beautiful <laughs> it's a beautiful vision stan <laughs> <laughs> three three ways the military is the enemy of climate more than three I'm sure but um, one is that they have such huge uh, carbon emissions they um, would uh, rank they, if they were a country they would rank higher than 160 other countries in carbon emissions uh, they have um, more emissions than I think Croatia, Slovenia, and Bulgaria combined, just in, in U.S. military. The, the second reason is that they actually are very interested in climate, and they put out these very detailed reports based on projections of climate, but it's all for how do we, when the Arctic's uh, melted, yeah. how, how do we beat yeah, beat these Russia. Other countries. Always Russia. That's always <laughs> going to be right. This is yeah, our chance to beat Russia. But they, these reports, though, it's mainly China. They're China, talking. of course. They're saying they don't even have a, a shoreline on the Arctic. They, they can't get into this. Anyway, <laughs> so it's going to be, uh, climate's going to be used as a, a, an excuse for even uh, more imperialism. And of course, the biggest one in the immediate uh, future is that we, the, it's going to be impossible to spend enough money to transform our transportation built environment, everything to use less energy and to have fewer emissions while we're spending 800 billion on war and militarism. And so it's soaking up all of the resources that we need for that necessary technical stuff that we have to do for uh, climate. So, so next month we're going to talk about national defense and how national defense is a climate issue. No, that's probably not. No, no, not quite. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, right, yeah, yeah, something like that. Okay, and and uh, how um. You know, some of these guys are, are running, they're taking tanks and running them into uh, people and you know, groups of people. Oh, vehicular <laughs> homicide? 
the the military the the professional edition this is prof, this is now professional vehicular homicide actually i don't know any cases of that but i'm sure it happens oh Amer- i'm sure it was american weaponry i know uh if you look up the maspero demonstrations in egypt you can see uh videos of uh, armored vehicles probably provided by the u.s just like running over demonstrators i think it was in 2011 or so so yes we can continue our theme of vehicular homicide